Hi, I'm Matthew Kind. Every Monday, look for a fresh new episode where I'll take you behind the scenes and interview the insiders that are shaping the rapidly evolving cannabis industry. Learn more at cannainsider.com. That's C-A-N-N-A insider.com. Now here's your program. Cannabis drink technology looks to have had its great unlock moment that will allow for consumers to embrace cannabis beverages. Here to tell us about it is Harold Hahn of Vertosa. Harold, welcome to Canna Insider. Hey, Matt. Glad to be here. Give us a sense of geography. Where are you in the world today? So right now, I'm sitting in my Vertosa office in Oakland, California. Great. And what is Vertosa on a high level? So Vertosa is a B2B ingredient provider. We provide a stable and scalable water-compatible cannabinoids that can be infused into beverage, cosmetic, and edibles. So our flagship products is a concentrated emulsion, and we just launched a water-dissolvable powder. Oh, this is so exciting. We can get finally get away from hangover. So we're, I can't wait to dive into this, Harold. But before we do, give us a little bit of background about you, how you started this journey, how you created Vertosa, and how, what your education and background and career has been like. Thank you. Yeah, sure. So I am a chemist by training. I received my PhD uh, specialized in emotion chemistry from New York University. And after I graduated there, I came working for a company uh, in the Bay Area called uh, BioRad. So in BioRad, we uh, use emotion droplet technology uh, to do PCR. With COVID this year, everybody knows PCR, right? Uh, but everybody knows that PCR give, often gives false data. So our technology is digital droplet PCR. So okay. the DDPCR uh, use emotion droplets, and we can uh, detect exactly how many target genes this patient has, right? So hmm. that DDPCR will give you no false data. So it's a, for me, it's a rev- revolutionary technology. I lead a team of three other chemists who design, develop, and produced this emulsification oil for the DDPCR system. So hmm. you can see my career, most of my time, I'm thinking about emulsifier, emotions, <laughs> and uh, it's a very random opportunity. A coworker um, threw me a bag of weed after cannabis is legalized in California. And I have to admit, I'm a latecomer to the industry. I was a little scary in the beginning. I never consumed cannabis before. And, you know, I started my own journey of experiment. To be honest, first couple of times, I didn't enjoy it. Um, but I know, you know, there's something there. Um, so... As a scientist, I start to dig in. I start to read books. I start to watch documentaries. And I realized, you know, I learned why it is illegal, right? It's not because of it's bad by itself, but social reasons. And then when I continue to experience it, I find out this plan is making my life better. I sleep more. I smell more. I drink less, right? I'm I'm more focused. So I feel this is so beneficial to myself and I want to bring this benefit, you know, introduce it to millions of other people. Um, but I don't know where to start. So talk to my uh, Vertosa journey. Uh, I start to uh, knowing the people in the industry, going to the events and talk to them and ask them, how can I help in the industry? And different people, 
pointing me to the same similar direction. They say, uh, because the cannabinoid is not water soluble, so making a beverage or cosmetic is pretty hard. So I thought, man, that was my whole career and thinking about the relation between oil and water, how to make a stable emotion droplets. Maybe I should do that, right? So I have the passion, I have the skill set. So long story short, that is where the idea of Artosa is born. Okay. So, you know, just to back up a little bit, kind of the big, big problem up to this point is that extracted cannabis oils, not water soluble. So that was kind of the big hurdle initially, like how are we going to make drinks with this oil that cannot, you know, be homogenized into the liquid? And so would you agree that's kind of the, was the big first problem? And then, and then how do you get this active ingredient in there? So talk about that a little bit. Sure. Everybody knows water doesn't like oil, right? right. It don't mix. And uh, uh, cannabinoids, unfortunately, most of them, they're hydrophobic, meaning they likes oil, they hate water. Mm-hmm. So that's why we, we see a lot of uh, fat and dominant infused product years ago. Chocolate, cookies, they're, they're relatively easier to make. However, if you want to uh, scaling up a consistent water-infused beverage, that's much challenging, right? So there are majorly two routes to introduce a cannabinoids into water, either by uh, liquid emulsion or dry powder. Um, so Albertosa, our flagship product is the liquid emulsion. And the emulsion is one liquid suspending in another liquid. So in this case, uh, cannabinoids as the oil liquid is suspending between water. So that system can be diluted and when you dilute that system, you're creating a beverage. So that is how we introduce cannabinoid into a beverage. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So that's a nano emulsion then? Uh, yes. Okay. So what's another word for nano emulsion, just so we can think about that? That's, that's some way at, like a, at, at a very small level that we introduce the cannabinoids into a molecule? Yes. So nano emulsion, this term itself is very confusing. <laughs> Let me yeah. explain the story behind. So scientifically, nano emulsion is always compared to micro emulsion. And uh, so if you have a system of oil, emulsifier, water, and just roughly mixed, we call it raw emulsion, right? Yeah. So to make a nano emulsion from raw emulsion, you need to uh, input energy either by sonication or microfluid lag. So you input energy to make nano emulsion higher energy state than the raw emulsion. On the other hand, from raw emulsion, if you can stir, just stir it up, uh, maybe adding a little heat, heat, this raw emulsion may form a nano emulsion, uh, sorry, a micro emulsion. So micro emulsion has a lower energy state. So scientifically, that is the definition of nano, raw emulsion, and micro emulsion. However, uh, most of the uh, uh, people involved in the industry uh, seeing the nano word, and that's the only thing they focus. And so to define nano is also tricky because nano material is usually defined by sub 100 nanometers. That is known by also by our industry. However, when we talk, to, talk about nano emotions, EU 
and majorly our industry still use 100 nanometers. But in the academic field, people use 200 nanometers. In FDA, I have read documents that they consider 500 nanometers up to 1,000 nanometers to be as nano emotion. So I think the governing body needs to have a better refined term for the nano emotion on the size. Okay. Okay. And when people get caught or confused about what you're doing, how do you clarify quickly for them when they say, when you say uh, like, hey, it's, this, this is what I do. How do you say it in one sentence for people? We make cannabinoid water compatible in the large scale fashion. And our process is repeatable. We use the route of non-emotion because for non-emotion, it has a flexibility to choose emulsifier to customize the emotion system. And we can load a relatively large amount of the active oil onto the nano-emotion. So it's more feasible for us. Okay. All right. So what do you think about in terms of bioavailability, clarity, and taste? I know these are big factors in a cannabis drink. How do you think about these? Right. So I think the bioavailability, you are really talking about experience. And talk about clarity, you are really talking about appearance. So uh, boil it down to three words, taste, appearance, and experience. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, the holy grail is super, there's no taste, there's no color, and it's super bioavailable, right? That is the holy grail. I have to admit, as far as Vertosa, we haven't reached there. We're working very hard towards there, but current, our current system cannot give you 100% fulfillment of the all three elements. Mm-hmm. But what we can do is that, you know, we know we have created a system of emotions because we don't believe one emotion will fit all. Yeah. When we talk to our clients, you know, we always start with what do you want to make? And what is really important to you? Flavor, experience, or appearance? And the answer is every client will put different priority into their beverage, right? So that's why we say, okay, based on this priority, if you are saying flavor is the key, and we do have the formula that tastes well, right? But if you say, I'm making a replacement for, for liquor. I, I, nobody's, nobody want to drink a milky liquor, right? <laughs> I want it to be very transparent. Well, we do have formula for that too, right? But this formula may, take, may taste a little different. However, your formula can you know, formulate a, a flavor around it. So there is always a workable solution by choosing one of our uh, emotion system. Okay. Gosh, I'm so excited about this, Harold, because I think about, you know, I've mentioned hangovers earlier, but I mean, alcohol, you know, ethanol is essentially poison, really. We're giving ourselves micro doses of poison and, you know, it's become assimilated into our culture. And I, I don't propose we take it away or anything. It's just that now that we're introducing this botanical into culture where people can you know, get an experience that they want, but not have that downside where the next day they feel dehydrated and, you know, their liver's working overtime. I think this is just a huge, huge thing. So let's take a look at, you know, one of a case study you have here. 
with the company Pabst. And people may be familiar with Pabst Blue Ribbon, kind of a, it's become kind of like a hipster beer, really. But they, you know, it used to be kind of an inexpensive beer and then it moved to this hipster kind of uh, icon. They've created a, a seltzer with your help that contains no alcohol, but does contain THC. Can you talk about the journey to formulate this drink and what obstacles were there and how you surmounted them? Sure. Happy to. Um, first, I have to say the whole journey was Pabst. They are a talented team and they're very focused and they learn very fast. And working with them is such a joy. And also, <laughs> and also, but it takes a long journey. <laughs> I remember two years ago is when we start our first meeting in their Los Angeles office. And for brands like Pabst to launch a new product in a brand new category, they take their time to get everything right. And also because they're Pabst, they can literally talk to every single cannabis water soluble companies in the world. And I think they have done their homework in this space very carefully. So that's why we as Vertosa is very proud and super honored to be their infusion partner. If you ask why, I think um, one word, trust. Uh, trust in our science and trust in our operation. So um, from the scientific side, there are, I think, um, almost three challenges we need to solve for Pabst. First is color stability. Secondly is flavor. And third is experience. We need to nail all three in order to be their partner. And to be honest, two years ago, we didn't have all the answers to all the three topics. Back then, I think our formula was pretty good on experience. We can have a pretty good quick onset. However, um, our formula didn't taste as good as today. And we don't have an emotion system that is super collinear stable. However, I think what we say to them is, look, you know, we never overpromise, right? We don't have it now, but we can promise you we improve our science over time. So that's what I think that's when we start to work with the biggest can suppliers and the biggest uh, cutliner chemical suppliers to start testing our formula and improve our emotion. So now I think we have a couple of formulas uh, that offers less than 10% potency loss throughout the lifetime in the can. And flavor is also key for them, right? They, um, I forgot how many rounds of sample of tasting, feedbacks, you know, back and forth over the two years. I, I, I really cannot count. And I think it really needs the patience and openness to receive their feedback and be willing to improve. Is this like, so, do they have focus groups or just at first it's just the, their team saying this tastes good, doesn't taste good, or is it actual focus groups? Well, they have a very professional team they have a very professional flavor house to work on the flavor. And of course, they, they want to hear our feedback and they have their own uh, opinions, right? So it's really, really, uh, it's a long process to really nail down what flavor, what level of citrus, you know, it's all those final dial in take a long time. Yeah, because if it's just a little bit too much citrus or a little too Yes. sweet or a little too, you know, anything people want it rounded and it has to have a mass appeal. So that sounds like a difficult thing to dial in just right. right. You, and, go ahead. Sorry. And that is only the science part, right? I mean, science is only the theory that you can make it 
but it doesn't mean you can really make it in reality. So the other side is our operation. So um, the, for example, did every sample show up on time? Do they always have a COA? Are they consistent from one batch to another? You know, and how efficient is your large scale production? You know, how, how well the emotion works with the large, large scale pilot. So like our um, chief innovation officer, uh, Austin Stevenson said, every touch point, every sample, every email or phone call is a test from our clients. It's an opportunity to show our professionalism, right? So I, I think that's why trust is earned every step of the way. And that's why we are so proud to be the infusion partner for PAPS. And how did you arrive or PAPS arrive at five milligrams? That seems like it's it's kind of a industry benchmark now, five milligrams of THC per can. Can you talk about that a little bit? Is this a standard dose now? Yes. Um, the standard dose, I think it would depend on how we define, uh, define a standards. Um, if it's for a low-dose beverage, I believe five milligrams is a good start for new consumers. Um, it's more like a, a consuming a light beer. Everybody can drink a light beer uh, to feel the buzz, right? That is what five milligrams of our uh, formula does to the consumer. Also, like a beer, you know, if you're okay, you can drink uh, three, four cans and uh, accumulate those effects. I think that's what PAPS is trying to simulate. So people in the party, people may drink, you know, three or four of those saucers and feel like 15, 20 milligrams of THC and had a great time. However, um, I think, you know, that is for the new consumers, low dose consumers. If it's for a high tolerance consumer or medical patients, five milligrams may be too low. There are uh, products out there, especially formulized for those groups where they have uh, 50 milligram to 100 milligram per unit. So I, I believe the beverage market uh, starts to accommodate and design uh, their target products to fulfill the needs of two spectrums of the consumers. Okay. And how is the PAPS product selling in dispensaries? Um, well, uh, I focus too much on science. I don't have a lot of data in front of me, but uh, a personal story is last year in October, after they launched, I like to buy uh, a four pack for a friend of mine. And uh, I tried twice online and both showed, showed out, sold out, right? So uh, that was my personal experience. Um, but I think um, also out. from also. Sold out, yeah. You're in the, the Bay Area. I'm in the Bay Area, yeah. yeah. I think they, they um, produce more now and is available now. But I think just launching of PAPS to the industry is huge. Uh, I, I also like to quote, you know, our uh, beloved Austin Stevenson, CIO. He said, um, PAPS exists for 175 years and multiple generations grow up with this brand. And so this holiday season, you can bring back a four pack of the Pabst TAC infused saucer and show to your grandfather. Say, hey, <laughs> look, this is the brand you trust. Yeah. And I think it naturally offers uh, enormous power to start to remove the stigma of the whole industry and our infused beverage industry. Yeah, this is interesting here. These, these huge beverage companies, especially these brewers, they know a lot about the brewing process 
Um, but they're not, they're not perhaps focused or at least historically focused on other kinds of beverages. Maybe they're starting again to seltzers or hard ciders, but they're definitely not familiar with THC. What's been kind of the, where have they have had to spend the most time learning to get their learning uh, up to a certain point so they could really uh, create a cool THC drink? Yes. Um, for example, Pabst, uh, I have to say they are a professional team and they learn quickly. Uh, however, this infused beverage market is so new and there are so many nuances. And it doesn't matter if you are Pabst or you are a small a startup brands. We all need to go through the learning process. And uh, that most falls onto Vertosa to provide this education uh, and guidance. Um, simple questions like um, how many milligrams should I target? Uh, which emotion uh, of Vertosa should I use? Uh, what kind of experience will that emotion offer? And what is the compatibility with my other ingredients? Uh, which packaging, which kind should I use? Uh, what summer processing? Um, how can I produce in the pilot? Which lab should I use? You know, all those questions, ongoing questions, uh, as our uh, CEO, Ben Larson, defined our company, we are not only an ingredient provider. We have to share our knowledge with the industry and became uh, to educate our clients and became the thought leader for the infused industry. So even for Vertosa, we are learning a lot of stuff on the go and uh, we want to share those knowledge with our clients. For example, um, compatibility study. That usually takes two months. And if it's not compatible, if we uh, reformulate the base, it will take another two months. And our clients doesn't have the luxury to sit and wait. So uh, thanks to one of the clients we're working with, uh, we developed a system to speed up this compatibility study. So now we can say we use two weeks to offer a 95% confidence about how compatible our emotion is to the system, right? And this knowledge it became an industrial standard that we share with all the other companies. And also recently, as you know, there is a aluminum can shortage on the market and everybody wanna use the can, but there's only one option. So they start to ask Vertosa, how, how good is this liner? How can we make our beverage stable in this liner? And what's the data to support that? So at Vertosa, we need to constantly testing, constantly sharing our knowledge because clients and partners, they rely on us, rely on those knowledge to make a decision for their company. So, but that adds a lot of uh, pride to our work. And that's what, why drive us every day to do those work. Okay. Okay. And talk a little bit about can liners and what's important to know there. I know it's a broad topic, but it has a lot of impact um, both on the availability of can liners available, how it affects the flavor, a lot of different things that, you know, just everyday casual consumers of drinks don't even think about, but what's the important high level stuff to know about can liners and beverages? Right. <laughs> um, can liner is very, very complex. There is a fun article arguing that can liner is actually the most complex engineering problem 
in 20, 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks simple. It just people take for granted uh, because, you know, on the chemical side, uh, different uh, chemicals were used for conliners. Maybe you heard about BPA, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, BPA and I, nine intent, including uh, polyethylene, polypropylene, polyurethane, you know, even polyacrylate. Those different chemicals are designed to fulfill different needs, you know, like high pH, low pH, high corrosive, low corrosive, and beer, tomato sauce, and a soda, energy drink, wine, and they have different thickness, right? For a high corrosive liner, they're a little thicker. For low corrosive liner, they're a little thin. So there's so much liner op- option out there. So the emotion compatibility with each liner could be singular, could, meaning one emotion type may have a good compatibility with one liner, but not all the other liners. So we need to find and test those results and share that with our clients. And that's just a theory, right? But when you start to make a, a real product, you need to secure those cans. And because of this pandemic last year, uh, the restaurants and the bars are closed. So the tap beer is getting dramatically reduced and all those beer are going to the cans. So uh, the gigantic beer companies, they absorb all the cans and the cans available to our industry became very scarce. And um, we, when you have a limited options, you have to make it work. And that's why we've been bombarded by uh, questions from our partners and clients to say, hey, is this can, the only can I can buy from the market, is it good? How good it is? How can you make it better, right? So, you know, talk about cans is always evolving. We, uh, if you come to visit our lab right now, you maybe, you can see maybe hundreds of cans sitting out there at room temperature waiting to be tested because we have to be continuously testing, providing data to providing guidance. So you work with brands and labs to create these nano emulsions. Does that mean you design the nano emulsion, but you do not actually manufacture that? Just to clarify. No, actually we design the emulsion and we manufacture the emulsion. Okay. Um, yes. So you can imagine our uh, final product is a, a concentrated emulsion form. And we that's our final product. The, the reason that we hold the process to our heart is it is very tricky to make a high-scale, uh, consistent emotion from batch to batch. There are many details you have to look into, uh, many parameters you have to dial in. So just in order to offer this product consistently, we have to make sure our people is having our eye their eyes onto each production. Okay. So... What does the ingredient actually look like when you take it to a third-party packer, your nano emulsion ingredient? So till today, we have developed um, conventional formula, a natural formula, and organic formula. Uh, because they share uh, different uh, uh, droplet size range and they have different tasting profile. So they look a little different. For example, our conventional formula will look more like a, a brownish, uh, like a chocolate milk, but it's translucent. Our natural or organic formula, they look much like a milk, right? 
um, but they have a slightly different viscosities. So imagine what we sell to you is a big jar, a big jug of uh, a milk, milky solutions. Uh, and that solution is gonna be diluted many, many times into a big tank to create uh, infused beverages. Okay. So you go to the co-packer, you bring your um, emulsion and what does that look like then? They put the emulsion in a huge vat? Exactly. So imagine um, you have 500 gallons of coffee as a base, right? And in order to make uh, 10 milligram per uh, 12 ounce THC coffee, you need to measure our emulsion uh, to a certain amount, and which we provide a calculator and we prov- provide a COA so our co-packer knows exactly how much emotion you're gonna weigh out. And then we provide some guidance uh, to uh, how to blend this emotion into the tank evenly and how long you're gonna stir, um, how, how long until it became homogeneous. And then this whole 500 gallon tank will be uh, dispensed into each individual units. And I think that's pretty much how you make a cannabis views beverage. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of how Coca-Cola does things where they have bottlers all over the world, um, but they don't give the bottlers the actual, their trade secret, the formula, formula flavor of Coca-Cola, but they send out the syrup to them in a concentrated form. And then they just, um, you know, follow a process to get that tasting exactly the same, whether you're in Cairo or in Sao Paulo or New York City, how it get it consistent. Is it tricky for the co-packers the first time they're working with Vertosa to get this just right? Or what's that process been like? Exactly. Um, So we produce both cannabis and hemp uh, emulsion. And for cannabis co-packer, usually uh, they are new established established groups, right? So we hold hands with them very tightly in the beginning to make sure every step is validated, validated. And every little detail uh, is measured and is recorded. And even for the hemp beverage, um, usually they are existing beverage. They make beverage day in, day out. However, even for them, uh, the CBD emotion is a new ingredient. And they even need more hand-holding from us too. Um, I've been going into both types of uh, co-packer facilities and talking to the operators and showing them, you know, what we think is the best way to infuse the cannabis and how you're going to measure uh, how to take samples, when to take samples, and what packaging to keep to keep the sample, and which lab to use to measure the potency. Because at the end of the day, making a regular beverage is easier, but to make a cannabis-infused beverage, the target is the potency. You have to hit the potency. And there are ways or details that the potency maybe get lost if you don't follow a, a protocol. So uh, especially in the beginning couple of batches, it's very critical. But after, after that, after the co-packer understands how to make this beverage, that became a, a natural for them. Okay. Yeah, I would imagine that's hard if you're working with a third party like a co-packer and you've got the ingre- everything dialed in and the beverage is just right. And then you have to work with another co-packer, let's say in a different part of the country. It's like, wow, that has to taste exactly the same. 
Um, so you got to make sure the pH of the water is, a, you know, certain pH, the can liner, as you were talking about, the emulsification is identical as before. So a lot of moving parts there, I, you know, just as someone who consumes drink, I don't even think about things, but you definitely notice if it's not consistent. Exactly. Um, and that requires the brands, uh, the emotion provider as Vertosa and the co-packers to be working really, really tight together and over-communicate, right? Um, because there's just so many details. All three parties should be putting on the table and be open, right, to discuss. And that is just making, uh, th- that's the making part. I think a bigger part is the testing part. Um, as you know, uh, Cannabis Testing Lab uh, in California, two, three years ago, I heard this story that if you send two exactly exact the same beverage to d- two different labs, and the result could be five milligram and 10 milligram, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so that was just, um, that was what it is, uh, what it was back then. But I, I have seen, you know, a uh, big improvement from all the labs here in California. But what if you go to uh, uh, Canada? What if you go to other states, right? So, um, regulating those labs and how to make that make their data more consistent is also falling on Vertosa. So um, we are very proud to be a part of an organization called the Cannabis Beverage Association here in California. So the CBA, one of the goals for CBA is to help uh, the testing labs to provide consistent data. So there are uh, nearly four levels of uh, the lab data variation. It could be the standards they use. It could be uh, extraction method they apply. It could be uh, the machinery. And lastly is the the trained staff, right? Mm -hmm. So all four parts needs to be consistent in order for two labs to give the same exact number of one product. So um, those efforts we're doing day in and day out is trying to make sure maybe this year or next year, when you send out different samples to different labs, and if they are validated by the CBA, they should give the same testing results. Okay. Where do you see this whole nano emulsion field for cannabis drinks and infused products going in the next three to five years? I think today is a special day because the, the, the election um, in Georgia on the Senate. So mm-hmm. that could change the landscape uh, of legalization. Um, so let's talk about that. If in the next three to five years, if legalization is on the table, or if we see a clear pathway to that, I think it will create a huge impact on the cannabis beverage market. Um, the smaller brands may have more target market, uh, may have more support from uh, the, in terms of funding, in terms of uh, distribution, right? Or they may just get acquired quickly. Um, on the other side, and bigger brands may be encouraged to jump into the beverage market. And at the end of the day, running a successful and sustainable beverage business needs to be reaching uh, economic of scale, right? Uh, however, if let's say legalization is still not happening for the next three to five years, I think what I see um, is people love beverage. And <laughs> I have seen, you know, beverage um, market in the whole cannabis sector, uh, occupies only two to three percent, but it's the fast-growing, you know, sector. 
you can say that, you know, since you're low, so any number is fast, right? Um, but I do hear consumer, uh, positive consumer feedbacks. So okay. I think, in my opinion, I'm very op optimistic. In three to five years, I won't be surprised to see uh, infused beverage take up, you know, 20 to 30% of the whole sector. And that's, that's how I see the market is going. And lastly, I want to share this is um, in three to five years, I think the, the successful brands will be uh, known for their use scenario, right? They build a loyal follower by creating a unique experience. You know, if you just simply put CBD in all kinds of stuff, that may not create a, uh, a loyal following, but it could be uh, uh, after workout, uh, after yoga, it could be uh, better for sleep, it could be a design, especially for parties and for airline travel, for movie theaters, uh, for after lunch uh, focus, right? So I think we'll nail down experience and make that a part of life. The consumer will keep coming back and asking for that experience. I like the idea of the after lunch focus drink. But that's not, it's not going to get me jacked, but um, it'll give me some energy to get over that kind of digestion hump. Uh, that would be that would be ideal. So I vote for that, Harold. If my vote counts for anything, you don't have to say if it does. We'll move on to the next question. Okay, <laughs> where where is Vertosa on the uh, on the in the funding process right now? Are you raising funds? Um, not really. Um, current till today, we have raised uh, about seven million dollars, and okay. um, we are very fortunate to running uh, a sustainable business right now. So we're not actively looking for funding. Um, but like our CEO, Ben, always say, we're not raising, but we're always raising, right? So if there is a, a, a true believer of this sector, a true believer of Vertosa's vision, we are happy to have a conversation. Yeah, cool. Well, we'll get to the contact information here in a, in a moment. But first, I want to ask you some personal uh, development questions, Harold. What is there, is there a book that's had a big impact on your life or way of thinking that you'd like to share? Yes. There is a book. Um, when I was in Canada this, last year to open our Canadian site, um, a, a good a Canadian friend referred me to a book, Start With Why, by uh, Simon Semek. Mm -hmm. So this book had a dramatic impact on my vision, on especially on why Vertosa exists, why we work so hard every day. Because you know, our why, simply put, is to uh, unlock the healing power of the cannabis plant and make it accessible to all, right? I mean, mm -hmm. look look at look at around us. I mean, it doesn't matter you are how much money you have, which blue state or rest that you're living. When we talk about pain, everybody has that, right? When we talk about stress, anxiety, everybody has that. So, and I don't think a lot of companies talking about how to solve those pain and anxiety, how to heal those people. So. You know, if we can really unlock the, the power from the plant and to deliver those remedy to the people who need those, and I, I just see that as enormous power. And that resonates with me, with my team, uh, with my client, and with our consumers, right? That's why consumers buy cannabis beverage, because they have stress from COVID, from family, from everything. So that just fires us to do more to deliver more. Okay. 
And apart from what you're doing at Vertosa, what's the most interesting thing going on in your field? Yes. Um, so Vertosa uh, majorly focused on adult use or recreational uh, sector. Um, but I see a huge potential of using our emotion formula for medical use. Um, so we have been um, talking to a couple of hospitals and institutions to perform some um, uh, IRB studies, uh, internal review board. So uh, those studies are, uh, the goal is to prove a simple facts like can cannabis help patients reduce the use of opioids in terms of pain, right? Um, how efficient our emotions gonna go into your blood? So all those medical evidence we are collecting now could be very, very valuable for us in the future to provide, you know, either going to apply for, you know, certain uh, healing for uh, medicine or talk to FDA. So I think that re excites me the most this year. Okay. Yeah. Also, I mean, people that are going through radiation or chemotherapy for cancer, you know, sometimes they have trouble eating anything that could, you know, calm the nausea or, uh, help stimulate appetite would be huge too, if that could come in a drink format. Exactly. And we have a, uh, a friend, a true friend, and she suffers from fibromyalgia and it's a horrible disease. And I think millions of people suffer from that. And basically there's no cure for that disease. And we have been giving her our emotion, you know, just to help to alleviate some pain. And in fact, it helped her dramatically to change her life. And, you know, this bring me tears already, but he, she sent me uh, the messages on Thanksgiving, on holidays in Herald and Vertosa. This is like a godsend for me. You know, I was almost giving up, you know, but now this cannabis plant is helping me to regain my confidence and regain my life. So there are so much value we, we should dig in from there. Harold, this is a Peter Thiel question for you. What is the <laughs> okay. one thought you have that most people dis disagree with you on? It's a little bit controversial. What is that? Okay, it's a little controversial, but um, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I don't think the world need another iPhone 12. <laughs> I, I think iPhone 6 fulfills all the needs a human being possibly have. And, and, you know, iPhone 12, iPhone 13, 11, you know, 14, uh, self-driving cars, uh, big data, uh, more screens, all those things adds complexity and anxiety to our life. And, you know, I have a friend who gave me a wonderful quote. He said, uh, a nice picture is not made by high pixel. It's made by how happy the person is in the picture, right? Yeah. You can take this photo selfie for 100 selfie and spend two hours to find one picture to share online. And you are not happy in the picture. You're tired. Right? Right. <laughs> so, um, so that's always coming back to why Vertosa is here because my personal view, I see Silicon Valley. I see all those big companies. They monetize by sending ads, having big data, self-driving cars. But, you know, is that really happiness? Do they really deliver happiness to consumers? I mean, so that's why I hope Vertosa, the work we're doing now is provide you a solution to reconnect with yourself, 
to reconnect with your family, with your loved ones, and with nature, right? So I that just, you know, I mean, whenever I talk about this, I just become so passionate, but I truly believe this plan can make the world a little better place. Harold, as we close, how can listeners get a hold of you and learn more about Fortosa and connect? Yes. Um, so in a digital world, you can go to vertosa.com, V-E-R-T-O-S-A, and register, and uh, you can get our newsletters every month. Um, we're also very active on Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, so you can search Vertosa. Or you can find me uh, personally very easily at h at vertosa.com. Well, in the, in the physical world, yeah. uh, next time, if you're in the dispensary, if you uh, pick up a hemp or cannabis-infused beverage, uh, try to look for a sign called Infused by Vertosa. It will be a, a small logo on the, uh, the back, on the lower part of the packaging. And because we are so proud of our signs and of our operation, and we want to provide uh, a trust, uh, you know, the layer of trust to the community and to the consumers. So look for that sign. That means we infuse it and we we guarantee the high quality of that product. Great. Well, this is such a fascinating topic, Harold. We wish you all the best. And it sounds like you're off to a fantastic start. So congratulations. And I know it's hard to build a business like this. So well done. And uh, we'll hope to hear more from you on drinks in the future. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed the show today, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever app you might be using to listen to the show. Every five-star review helps us to bring the best guests to you. Learn more at cannainsider.com forward slash iTunes. What are the five disruptive trends that will impact the cannabis industry in the next five years? Find out with your free report at cannainsider.com forward slash trends. Have a suggestion for an awesome guest on Canna Insider? Simply send us an email at feedback at cannainsider.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Canna Insider or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments. Promotional consideration may be provided by select guests, advertisers, or companies featured in Canna Insider. Lastly, the host or guests on Canna Insider may or may not invest in the companies or entrepreneurs profiled on the show. Please consult your licensed financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Final disclosure to see if you're still paying attention. This little whistle jingle you're listening to will get stuck in your head for the rest of the day. <laughs> Thanks for listening and look for another Canna Insider episode soon. Take care. Bye-bye.